we're made in the image of God. We're not made to be anxious about anything. Right. Anxiety is not part of God's character. Yeah. He's not anxious. So the moment the fall happened is the moment man became anxious. Mm -hmm. And anxiety, as anyone in the medical profession will tell you, kills you. The body cannot handle yeah. prolonged anxiety. Welcome to the Developing Great Relationships podcast, where we are having conversations to help you understand God's design for great relationships and how to develop the habits needed to achieve it. Now here is your host, Joshua Verwers. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Developing Great Relationships podcast. My name is Joshua Verwers, and I'm so happy that you're able to join us here today. On today's episode, Dr. Mark Majors and I are jumping into some powerful scripture that tells us how we are to have a great relationship. That all starts right now. Back again, and today I want to talk about where it all started where everything went haywire with our relationships, whether it's husband and wife, whether it's boss and employee, whether it's parent and child or uh, pastor and congregation member, it all started to go haywire, uh, what, back in Genesis at the fall? Genesis 3, you know, the beginning of it all, the beginning of the fall. All right. <laughs> uh, the account there in Genesis, we know that, of course, when God created man, and then created woman to be his aid, as we had discussed in a previous episode, his, his helper, his helpmate. That was good in God's sight. But then here's the, the serpent, the enemy of old, uh, the good old devil that starts to feed these thoughts into him. Yeah. <clears throat> More crafty than all the other animals, right. it says. And what Satan did was look at it and think about I could be like God, the the prideful event. Yeah, yeah. Um, she began to fall at that moment. She began to have lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes. She saw that it was good for food, right? <clears throat> which means maybe, given that she had every tree in the garden she could have ate from, it, it's amazing that she just had this probably physiological response of stomach gurgling or whatever, or yeah. salivation, you know, I'd, I'd like <laughs> yeah. to eat that puppy, you know, give me that, right. that right. fruit. And noticing that it was pleasing to the eye, mm -hmm. pretty. It's probably a very interesting fruit and, and um, good to look at. So after she was told that she would be like God, um, you know, that, that had a very profound effect on her. Yeah. So she fell at that point. Yeah. You know. Well, and is it um, reference? I'm, I'm thinking, <clears throat> is it First John where it talks about the, the lust of the flesh, the uh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, that all sin is really encapsulated in that? Yeah. And it's interesting to me because that traces right back to, to this moment where she saw that it was <clears throat> good for food, that it was pleasing to the eyes, it was able to make one wise. Oh, yeah. James, James points out the, the whole... Uh, transition of thought events, you know, the, everything, the progression that takes place uh, in the mind. Uh, we sin because we think about the sin. Right. Basically, you know, uh, we lust. Yeah. And we desire, then we think about it, and that brings forth the actual sin behavior um, and death. Right. The fall. So Eve had all those things going on, 
And, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty powerful stuff. And then Adam was there with her. <laughs> right. And, yeah, it's and, something that we kind of miss. It's that subtle little thing that it says, and Adam was there with her. She gave to her husband who was there with her. Yeah. Yuck. Because <laughs> yeah. we often think that here's the serpent and he's <clears throat> speaking directly to Eve and that Adam is, you know, off on the other side of the garden and has no idea what's going on. Yeah. But he was right there. So Adam is watching the conversation. He's watching uh, Eve, the woman. Yeah. At that time, she was called woman. She was uh, watching her eat the fruit after God had said, the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. And that's pretty sadistic, yeah. I, th I think. I th that may be a stretch on my part, but I think having been told by God that you would die if you eat it and then stand there watching his wife eat it, you know, he was in charge, he was responsible, he was an authority, yeah. and he chose not to do anything. And, and of course, you know, as fairly moral adults that we try to be, we think, oh, we would never do that. But yet we could look at children and see how many siblings do that to each other. Watch them get in trouble. We know mom and dad said, don't do this. And I'm going to sit back and watch you do it and see if you really get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that same thing that we all have went through. We've all gone through. So she gave to her husband and he did eat. And then their eyes were open, and um, they realized they were naked. Yeah. And so there are a lot of um, theological, philosophical thinkings about what just happened at that point. Mm -hmm. um, one I tend to enjoy thinking about is they were, uh, as Christ was on the Mount of Transfiguration, because being in the presence of God, they were glowing and yep. yeah and that fell immediately mm. and so and then notice that what was under the glow was body yeah and and so they saw that that's interesting and um they were naked instantly let's stop and look at that because this is very profound we're made in the image of god we're not made to be anxious about anything right Anxiety is not part of God's character. Yeah. He's not anxious. So the moment the fall happened is the moment man became anxious. Mm -hmm. And anxiety, as anyone in the medical profession will tell you, kills you. The body cannot handle yeah. prolonged anxiety. The, the, I want to back up to the conversation here between Eve and the serpent, Adam sitting there watching, there's a there's deception and temptation that winds up happening in this moment. But I've often kind of sat here and wondered, was Eve truly deceived in that moment? Um, we, I mean, obviously Adam was. <clears throat> well, we have the temptation of Eve and the deception of Eve. The temptation was through the lust, the pride. Okay, yeah. The deception was... You shall not surely die. Okay. You because know, she'd still known that. But the conversation initially happening between Adam and God. Yeah. But then he's relaying that. Yeah, so uh, both of them stopped paying attention to God and started paying attention to the world. Right. Serpent, Satan. And so 
we immediately have them um, believe the Satan is telling the truth and God was lying. They had to believe that before they ate. Yeah. They had to be deceived and Adam having watched Eve eat it had to, in his mind rebel thinking oh you know, God wasn't telling me the truth. So then with Adam is it even as much deception with him as just blatant rebellion? Yes. Huh. Blatant rebellion. Yeah. And so they were both instantly anxious. Right, right. Instantly anxious. Yeah, because it, it talks about, it goes on there in Genesis 3 and it talks about how they they hid themselves. Um, <clears throat> that... Yeah, when they heard God walking in the cool of the day, which was a kind of an old mistranslation, he was walking in the wind, and the old rabbis thought that, well, that was the afternoon when the wind blows and it's kind of cool. Yeah. But it wasn't hot or cold. It was the Garden of Eden, and it was consistent temperature. And so they heard God coming in the wind, and they were scared to death because they had sinned. They had rebelled. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, they tried to cover their sin with fig leaves. <laughs> you know, right. that's man's effort yeah. to cover sin. Man's effort to uh, somehow uh, restore himself with his sin by covering with fig leaves. Well, and, and how often do we do that in our relationships? Uh, you know, we, we have these little little sins, if there's such a thing as a little sin, but these little, uh, you know, ouches, oopses that wind up creeping into our relationships where we hurt somebody, we offend them. But we, if we're the offended party, we often just sweep it under the rug and, oh, it was just a little thing. They didn't mean anything by it, but it's just covering it up. It's covering yeah, up the, yeah, the hurt, yeah, the offense. Yeah. yeah. And oh, most of the time that gets you into trouble. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because you kind of keep a record of those wrongs. You even without thinking about it, you just sort of keep the tally. Right. So Adam and Eve instantly anxious because they kn- knew they were naked. Okay. Instantly filled with fear when they hear God coming. Right. All of these things were the very first time that the human body was besieged with cortisol and adrenaline, the mm. chemicals that cause great illness and distress yeah. today. And so they were afraid and they hid themselves. And um, boy. Um, well, and, but what were they afraid of? I mean, it's, it's God, it's their creator. <clears throat> well, we hid ourselves because we were naked. And so, another way of saying that is we hid ourselves because we sinned. So they were afraid of the consequences of their sin. Uh, they were, they were afraid what's about to come, or maybe yeah. a little bit of that fear of the unknown. Yeah, fear. But I guess it was known because, I mean, they, they knew on that day, uh, yeah. you'll surely die. And, and, and we're ta- not talking a physical death. We're talking more of a spiritual death, the separation from God. Um, So is it really they were starting at that moment, they were just afraid of not being in God's presence anymore? 
everything they've known is no longer. Well, they told that they would surely die, and now God's coming. There might be some punishment, yeah. and then, of course there was punishment. Right. Um, so we have Adam and Eve, Eve hiding from God. Then, then the real chaos begins mm -hmm. because, you know, um, who told you you were naked? And uh, uh, the woman you gave me, <laughs> right. blame it on God. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Gave me the fruit and I did eat. Yeah. You know? And so. And of course Eve blames it on, well, it was the serpent that you, you led him in the garden. Yeah, well, you know, very powerful things happen all in this dynamic. The serpent uh, loses his legs and is told he will crawl on his belly all of his life and eat dirt. Mm -hmm. God tells Adam a little later that you're dirt. <laughs> right. The food for Satan. Yeah. Fallen man is the food for Satan. Right. The devil who prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He may devour. So... <clears throat> we have um, some very fascinating things in God's proclamation to Eve, um, you know, about painful childbearing and um, about her, uh, the seed um, bruising Satan's head. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, crushing his head and uh, Satan will bruise his heel. And uh, those things all proclaimed at that time. But um, they covered themselves in a just poor attempt to cover their sin with the fig leaves. God doesn't say he had to kill an animal, but obviously if he covers them with skin from an animal, he killed animals and, right, right. and covered them. So the first time blood was shed for the covering of sin. Mm -hmm. Covering of sin. Not the cleansing exactly. of Jesus Christ, but the covering of sin. Yeah. Um, that's very, very important. So they felt and experienced the rejection that was coming their way when they sinned. We are now rejectable. God mm -hmm. did not reject them. Right. He did not reject them. But immediately they began to experience that. You know? Yeah. Fear of the punishment. And James, uh, excuse me, John talks about that. The, Punishment has to do with sin. Right. So, um, all those things were tied up in that moment. They had never experienced anything like that ever before. Yeah. And so, how very profound was that whole emotional, psychological event? <clears throat> I know that with, like, with Genevieve and I, when we went through, you know, marital issues, um, it's it's been kind of profound to me to look back on that Genesis three account, uh, and oftentimes because the relationship that her and I have, it's not like I've been through that relationship. I was never married before, so this is all new and all unique for me. But then to start experiencing those things, and there's emotions that I've never felt before. There's conflict that I've never experienced before. There's all these situations, and there's that fear of rejection sure. that comes out. There's also the blame game that Adam and Eve that, that yeah. came out. Yeah. There were these things. So when I, I looked at that, I guess it, there was a little bit of comfort in knowing, hey, I'm not unique. Um, this has been experienced by man since the beginning. Sure. sure. But there was also a hope that I found in that, in seeing that 
because this has been going on. And we've seen through scripture how Adam and Eve messed up. The first Adam messed up bad, but then by the time we get to the second Adam, he restores everything. He makes things right. Yeah. And so there was that hope in in Jesus Christ. Yeah, we have to go back and look at the things that happened to Adam and Eve after they fell, God's proclamations to them, his punishment, and uh, examine our marriages in light of those events. Yeah. He says to Eve, your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Well, what on earth does that mean? Yeah, the, the desire. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, that desire, when you look at it, the old Hebrew, it's really a wanton, ravenous desire. It's more of an ownership. You will desire to own your husband, okay. possess him, and he'll rule over you. Yeah, I get, and I guess that would make sense because I've heard it even translated, uh, your, you want to devour your husband is how it is, which that wantonness yeah. desire. Yeah, ravenous. Yeah. Ra- ravenous desire to possess, yeah, I yeah, think, is one would... of the... And so, <clears throat> so we have um, women, and they all tell me this is true, and they're mystified by it. Well, in that um, nurturing way, want to rule over their husband like they would over their son-child, make him behave and do what they say (laughs) to own and possess, and then he turns around, and that doesn't work well with with men. I mean, they push back right away, and, you know, um, so that struggle happens today all the time. Right, Um, and it's important for them to realize where that desire is coming from, that it's... Uh, it's coming from that fallen nature that we have, yeah. that human nature that's yeah. still there. And, and men have such a warrior um, spirit inside. The moment they're, somebody tries to rule over them, they take the sword out. Right. And say, okay, you know, it's and time to fight. And then we're ready to go to battle and yeah. we're trying to destroy. And yeah, yeah. It's not a good thing. No. None of it is good. No. Um, we're called to humility and to serve one another. Uh, not to lord over one another, not to be rulers, and it's um yeah. the the whole thing of authority, <clears throat> and um, uh, your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. The whole thing of authority is uh, is is mixed up and right. twisted, you know, um, where it says uh, the three times in the New Testament. Wives respect your husband. Period. You know. Mm, yeah. But no place does it say husbands respect your wives. Yeah, yeah. And, and that gets a, you know, that's not a popular statement I just made. But no. people define respect by today's definition, and that's wrong. Right. Sixteen eleven. The word respect only had one definition: that which is due the one in authority over you. So God had placed man in that spiritual authority position over the wife. So the wife never is to be in a position of ruling the husband. Yeah. So it does say the man is to honor the wife. Right. And we're getting into some good stuff here, but we're running out of time. Okay. So we're going to pick this conversation about the, let's talk about the respect and let's talk about the honor. Um, and we can do that when we touch on how about Ephesians uh, 5. Sure. That'll be a good one there. But next episode, I want to come back to Genesis and I want to talk about the blame game yeah. and the fear of rejection. 
Okay. All right, let's do that on the next episode. Okay. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I know it was a great conversation for me to have with Dr. Mark, and it's got a lot of information about the Bible and how scripture actually can help us to have a great relationship. Ultimately, that's what we do here at Developing Great Relationships. And if it's something that you're interested in, we host seminars all year long. You can catch us on our website for more information. Just go to dgrpella.org. Until the next episode, we just want you guys to stay blessed and have a great relationship.